Um, and it, you know, inspiration strikes because if you spend a lot of time reading and thinking and just in deep thought, you know, it's just gonna, your subconscious is working behind the scenes and it's just gonna, you know, it's gonna hit you. It hits you in really, you know, random places. That's, that's what the, the great thing about this, all this is that you could be doing something random and you'll just have an idea come to you. It's sure. just, it's, it's perfect. Um, and it's really, you know, you, you have to do it. You know, it reminds me of the old joke where I went to the bookstore and I asked the lady where the self-help section was and she said that would defeat the purpose. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you need to, you need to have this, you know, you, you, you have to bring it out and you have to explore and you have to take experiments. Um, you know, Thoreau said, don't be too squeamish about experiments. You know, all of life is one big experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. You know, I love that's that, it. Man, yeah. So you, you want to keep making experiments. And again, you don't have to post every single thing you do on social media and hope that people like it or comment or share. I mean, a lot of stuff I don't even share because I just don't need it. I don't need uh, the adoration of the masses to tell me what I'm doing is dope. I know it's dope. And if it doesn't work, fine. I don't have to explain it to anybody except myself, but I know why it doesn't work. But if it does, maybe I'll talk about it. But at the end of the day, I, I don't need vanity metrics because I have to believe in what I'm doing is right. And that it's generating a profit or it's generating knowledge or opening a pathway in my synapses that I wasn't thinking about that, you know, it has its own value. Man. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. Just, uh, everything you're saying. I, I mean, I, I like philosophy. It's just, I never find anybody to speak to it about. So that's it's very rare. <laughs> it's very rare because you know, it's kind of boring. You have to like sit there and get into it. But once you get into it, like I said, it takes hold of you. So, you know, yeah. for me, it's like, again, the psychology from being out in nightlife and working with people, some of the richest people in the world, you know, and athletes and everything, you know, you have to understand the archetypes, you know, and I don't mean the stupid corporate, get your, get your personality type, your ENFJ, whatever stupid crap that is. I mean, your Jungian archetypes. Are you a creator? Are you a jester? Are you, uh, uh, are you a knight? Are you a king? Like there's, there's a bunch of them, you know, and, and you have to kind of understand your own myth, right? But nobody wants to understand their own myth because it could be a tragedy. Nobody wants to be a tragedy, um, <laughs> but we know so many people are. Why is it that so many people are just hot messes today? Probably that's why, you know, you have to be able to examine yourself. You have to be able to examine your strengths, more importantly, your weaknesses, know what you're good at, know what you're not good at, and, and be able to, you know, cultivate something on that. You know, that, that's really what, what it comes down to. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to get to know themselves. They want to hide from themselves. Wow. And I feel yeah, like that's so deep. The, well, it's what well, it's true. I mean, why, why is that, man? Why, why do you think that is? Is that that's, because that's, that's, that's the whole, that's the way it's always been. I mean, listen, yeah, um, a lot of philosophers and psychologists have talked about it. Whereas, you know, um, Jung said that the office is, is very warm to people because it makes up for their deficiencies, mm. you know, um, it, it really, you know, it champions, you know, just the, the lame, the people that aren't able to go after their own ideals and make them real. Um, but you, if you read like, you know, Eric Fromm, how people will rather conform so that they can, you know, fit in, but they sacrifice the best part of themselves to do so. If you read a Heidegger where he, he says people will flee and hide and meet what he called Das Mann, you know, just like the, the group in general, you know, they, they want to do it. They cling to it. I mean, that's what it is. People want to be, people want to conform. So they fit in. They don't want to stand out. Whoever stands out as a target. Um, no one wants to be thought of that. They want to be part of the team. They want to be accepted. Sure, they might not like what they're doing. Sure, it might not fit their skill set or their personality type. Sure, it can be whatever, but hey, better than, you know, being alone with yourself. And a lot of people don't want to be alone with themselves. They don't want to be bored. They don't want to sit there and think about, really think deeply about 
their, their life or what they want to accomplish and how they're going to accomplish it. It's much easier to just do something else and be told what to do and follow Man. a set pattern. <laughs> I got to gotta hire you to speak at the high school graduation, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think you should go to college. Most of it's a waste of money. But, you know, if you do go, you know, go to a good school. My idea of a good school is one that has a vibrant nightlife community. Oh, yeah, man. So was Miami, was that, was that, what do you think, like, that had a really good party scene, or was that just... Of course, I was the party scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, I chose it. Um, yeah, I mean, again, essentially, I chose University of Miami over the University of Michigan. And right. University, University of Michigan was a far better university in every aspect. But Miami, I wanted to go because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to throw parties. I wanted to get into that vertical. I wanted to make something of myself, and I didn't care if I failed or not. And now that years later, you know, that it was a scary thing at the time because everyone thought I was crazy. But now years later, it was the best choice. That, it, was, it was the best choice I could have made because it, it allowed me to forge my path and end up here on a call with you, <laughs> you know, but uh, it allowed me to do a lot of really, you know, cool stuff. Um, and there's a, there, there's, there's a quote from, uh, from the quest for the Holy Grail, the later version with Galahad, where it says that uh, every night, enters the forest at the darkest part and what that is it, means is that by is that jeffrey you, chaucer uh so there there's a few different ones no not chaucer um chaucer was canterbury tales oh there's thomas, right. there's thomas mallory there's um he was he wrote uh the death of arthur the morte de arthur but there's a few other ones i mean the grill myth changed over time you know variety of the writers but the one i, I speak to is a later one where all the knights of the grail they enter the, the forest at the darkest part so you, as an individual, have to go on your adventure and enter the forest where there's no path and at the darkest part. I mean, if you if you see a path before you, as Carl Jung wrote, you're probably on somebody else's. That's it. <laughs> it's that simple, you know. And that's and that's what a lot of people like. But if you forge your own path, that's I mean, that's the way to really have that fulfilling aspect. To really, you know, you're betting on yourself, which is a very scary thing to do. But it's it's the only way to to really, I think, in my opinion, live, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. I mean, you're just, you're, you're rolling the dice on yourself. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sean, I got to jump into these Jeopardy things because I'm, I'm a fan of the show and sure. uh, just, uh, yeah, I guess you're the first person I met that was on the show. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, well, well, I got to ask you this. So how, how did you think about making it a true daily double? You know, because the aspect, the risk is always in the So I didn't, I, I didn't make a true daily double, but I did, uh, I did wager a lot. It would be enough to get me to the to the to the leaderboard. I mean, to, to first place. But it was just um, here's the thing: being up there is the most stressful thing ever. Wow. Okay. And I'm and you're I'm, I'm coming from a perspective of someone that almost got kicked out of college for throwing parties. I know stress. Okay? <laughs> like, because um, you literally have like 15 minutes, and you people wait their whole life, like the whole lifetime, to get on there, right? So when that daily double comes, it's not like you're at home. You got like five seconds to mentally look at the scoreboard, calculate, oh. and then think. You, it's not like let's stop the tape and give them give them time to think so you have to really make like a snap decision and uh, unfortunately i did not know that montreal was an island nobody does and it was it was a really yeah. random it was a really random uh question but that's trivia i mean you could know something really random that someone else doesn't know so that's yeah. kind of how it works but it really annoyed me because the last uh, the final jeopardy i was the only one to know it but i couldn't catch up um but yeah i again it's, oh, wow. it's it was an experiment on myself i studied for a month straight i still recall all the knowledge so i'm very good at it i'm gonna running for another game show for spite and for revenge um not so much for the money but to get back up there and prove a point 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, again, it's it's something I, I wanted to do, and you know, like if you want to do something, again, whether it's start a company, whether it's you know work with a specific person, I mean, don't let anything hold you back. I mean, the odds are are, are at least going on Jeopardy were against everybody because it's so hard to pass those tests. It's so hard to place, and it's so hard to actually have the nerve and the fortitude to get up there and go in front of a live audience. Was and, it in and, LA or was it? Yeah, in... yeah. Oh, it cool. Was so Burbank. Sony, cool. so Sony Studios, Culver City. Oh so, shit! Um, yeah, yeah live fun. studio audience, man. There's no retakes. It's like you get up there, you do it, it moves really quickly, you're in and out. So um, yeah, it's uh, it was fun. I mean, listen, it's, it sucks that I lost, but I laugh about it. You know, they gave all that money would have spoiled me. Th third third place gets something right yeah by that so i was in la for a week because i was doing meetings and sightseeing so by the time <laughs> i by the time i left i owed jeopardy a thousand dollars i owe them um uh, but yeah listen i went i mean you go for the experience because how many people especially from like my kind of background <laughs> can say i went on there like i never did trivia i, I just liked the show i knew a lot because i read i mean if i walked into a bar and they were doing trivia i left the bar okay this wasn't like hey let's all get together on friday night and do trivia it's more like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So again, I wasn't like classically trained. I wasn't on any quiz bowl teams. I didn't do anything. I just watched the show and I read a lot and I knew a lot. So I said, this would be fun to do. And of course, I was the last contestant to high five Trebek on air. So there's that. Oh, wow. There's there's oh, my man. game show contribution. I, I got to ask you the question for fun, right? Like the final Jeopardy round. And well, actually, it's a, give you the answer. You would come up with the answer to the question. Weird how they do things. Um, so it took the French army until 1995 to declare him innocent. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> 101 years after he was convicted of treason. Who, who, who might that be? That's Dreyfus, come on. That was easy. Dreyfus? Yeah. Richard Dreyfus? No. Yeah, from the movie, Jaws. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Holland's that. opus. Yeah, oh, Dreyfus shoot. affair. Like, that, that's easy. Like, again, like, there's, for stuff that comes easy to me, other people don't know it. And then the stuff that I don't know comes easy to them. That's the problem. Mm. And everyone thinks that when you go on jeopardy they give you a study guide they don't even give you a guide to the hotel you got to make your way and figure everything out so like you really have uh you the only way you can prepare is by just reading and and studying i extrapolated a lot of um former answers from the jeopardy bank because they do repeat and you oh, see yeah. patterns you see patterns between you know um of how they ask stuff and who they go for so but you have to know that because i think you have to memorize like 10,000 facts to be prepared. And I was like memorizing so many different things. It's just, you know, the Montreal question did not, uh, Montreal didn't come up. I mean, I knew a lot of other random geography questions. You know, like longest river in Canada and oceans and capitals and, and all that. And, you know, where's the, memorize the periodic table. That didn't come up, you know, come on, Einsteininium, you know, yeah. like where's, <laughs> I memorized the atomic number of argon for this, you know? So like, there's a lot of that, like, you don't, you don't know what's going to be on there until you actually see the categories. And when you see the categories, you have my first thought, which was I should have went on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that, was, that was my first thought. But you just, that's what it is. So, again, it's a, it's a fun experience. I tell everybody that wants to do something like that, just do it. I tell them for anything, just do it. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the spokesman for Nike, although I should be. But that's kind of like all you need to know for going after whatever you want. Like, no one's going to do it for you. You're just going to kind of rot away waiting for circumstances and stars to align an opportunity to knock. It doesn't. You are the opportunity. You have to go after what you want. And it doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter how much it costs. It doesn't matter, you know, how many people that you're going to encounter that are going to say they can help you and blah, 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 because they most likely can't. You just have to keep going. And it's something that if, if you have that ability to go after that goal and just be 
goal driven and you know you're 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 in the top one percent i'd say of just our society because so many people just you know want to sit there and have success delivered to them like they're uber eats yeah man yeah i i, I know what you're saying i think that um success i feel like for me success has only been a product of hard work or sacrifice because i feel like if it were guaranteed then that's not really success the only what's gore vidal say the only place success comes before work is the dictionary oh shit that is true too (laughs) that's it i mean listen again it's something nothing is easy okay things get easier as you get stronger but nothing is easy and and you really have to understand that i mean especially if you're going to be a founder like you're picking one of the hardest things to do statistically you will fail you know it is up there i think with being an actor uh an artist i mean like really really like very very you have to be in the one percent of the one percent to find mainstream success but i still think you should go after it because the alternative is is nothing alternative is being like a dull uh, a dull volume in the book of life and you know there's people have a lot of potentialities and if they act on those potentialities then they're they're gonna have new destinations that they wouldn't wouldn't have even thought of i mean uh martin buber had a quote that said Every journey has destinations that are unknown to the traveler. You know, that's right. what it is. It's, I, and that's 100% true. You don't know where the road is going to lead you because there is no road. You're forging it. You're crafting it. You know, you know uh, Sean, when you, when you consider risk, like in business and personal life, and I think in entrepreneurship, it's one and the same where your personal life is the business for a lot of reasons. How do you think that analyzing the cons to a big decision should affect you from making it because i think like we get into the notion of you know oh well, for instance I, have you read the well there's this book that i read it was called switch by chip and dan heath and it was talking about how to make a change in your life i think and it was saying that we're emotional beings as people and as since we're emotional, we try to protect ourselves from, let's say you did 20 job interviews, you got rejected from all of them, you're getting into your 21st one, you're saying all that experience that affects, like those rejections, they affect you, right? Do you think that um, ultimately, or maybe in just in your case, that you make decisions based off of right reason or rational versus the emotion? Because uh, that's there's always these two competing. Yeah, I mean they're always fighting within one another. But again, you have to be able to make a decision and stick to it. I yeah. Mean, but it's not like you make a decision and the anxiety goes away. The anxiety <laughs> is the companion. But there has to be, you know, uh, Rollo May wrote that there's a constructive use for anxiety, right? Um, Kierkegaard has my favorite anxiety quote ever, and I think everyone should know because everyone, especially these days, suffer from anxiety even though they shouldn't. <laughs> um, you know. But he said that uh, if man were a beast or an angel, he would not have anxiety. But because he is both a beast and an angel, he has anxiety. And the greater the anxiety, the greater the man. Wow. So, you know, I think that's something that people need to understand in their age of let's take pills and let me dull my senses and all that. You know, Rollo May wrote that anxiety was like a fever. When it breaks, you come out of it healthier. Um, Wow. You know, so... You really need to, you, you have to deal with it. And yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's, it's always the case, but you know, you can't just shirk from it. A lot of people shirk from it. Um, but it's it, it just, the you know, you go back to your job interview analogy. Yeah, it sucks, but you know, it gets to the point, even me when I collaborate with people, like, you know, I, within five minutes, I know if we're going to do something or not. Like, I don't have to oh, waste okay. the time. 
you know, but that only comes from me dealing with hundreds of people and being able to read the personality type and seeing if they're real or not. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you have to do what's right for you and life is really short and you have to be able to, to navigate whatever path that you want to create for yourself. And I just think that uh, essentially, you know, you, you can't quit, you know, the, the only easy day was yesterday. I mean, you just have to keep going. And that's, you know, the, the mount, as, as I keep going back, cause you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, cool. the analogy of climbing the mountain. Um, you know, you have to make you either Nietzsche wrote that you either climb the mountain today or that you have the strength to do so tomorrow. <laughs> so like that's, Friday that's, that's tomorrow. what it is. It just, it's there in front of you. And I don't mean to spoil it, but there's a Haitian proverb that says beyond mountains are more mountains. So when you get to the top, expect to see an infinite number awaiting you. You know, you don't, you don't overcome an obstacle to enter a life without obstacles. Absolutely. That is the biggest, uh, that's one of the most profound things I've, I've heard in a while. So. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I need to hang out. I need to hang out with more, uh, more philosophers. I guess, Sean, you know, when people downplay philosophy or, you know, discredit the, the idea of introspection or just deep thought, do you think that they have validity to that? Because maybe, I mean, in philosophy, anything goes sort of right. But like, I think like the common theme or the value from philosophy that I've garnered from taking one course in UC Riverside is that there's many ways to think about something and just because it's, you shouldn't be biased to your way. But I, I mean, maybe Sean, the, the thing I'm trying to get at is uh, how do you think philosophy has impacted you in a business, in a business setting or just, you know, in your endeavors for, for success? It had, a, it had a huge impact. I mean, you know, I never wanted to work a day job. I went to philosophy. Someone said, get a job. And I said, why? <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, it's uh, but it's a huge thing because, you know, it opens up your mind to thoughts that you never thought were possible. It opens up your your mind to people that have lived through things that were far worse than you'll ever encounter. And they still continue to push forward. It opens up, you know, your mind to the resilience to, you know, these different patterns to eventually, you know, what, what Nietzsche says, which is creating your own value system, you know, creating your own ideals. Um, and that's kind of what I like to do with, with my utopian journey is just, and by living by example is that I like to pick all the little different pieces and I like to combine them to something that works for me, you know, sure, sure. sure that the philosophers might disagree. Of course they do. But at the same time, you know, it, it essentially, I think it's needed now more than ever. I think that it needs to be something along the lines of what it can do to make you more resilient, what it can do to make you a better entrepreneur, what it can do to make you a better business person to make you a better human being, um, all of that. And not so much along the lines of like, what is reality? You know, I mean, it's fine. You can question it. You can, you can have all that, you know, we're living in a simulation. This is a matrix, yeah. just the brain yeah. in, a, in a jar. Fine. But like, I feel like you should really have the philosophy of like Seneca, who was exiled for eight years on, on an island that had nothing to do but write and console himself. You know, I, I'd look at the philosophy from Kierkegaard who was like, you know, the first person that pretty much created angst and anxiety, the modern notion of it. You know, I, I look at all these different, you know, just philosophies and whatnot to see what works best. But I think it's it's mandatory. It's it's man, it's required reading for a mandatory metamorphosis. I love that. Yeah, it's so so underappreciated. And uh, when you when you say you're a tech person, that that's like the furthest thing from that, uh, right? Like philosophy and that type of, type of line of work. They 
You seem like polar opposites sometimes, right? Like when you, when you have like science versus art or however you want to look at it. Everything can be combined. Everything's connected. I dig that. Well, Sean, a couple last quick questions for you. Uh, I'd like to start with the first common one we like to ask. What would a 20-year-old uh, Sean Gold say to... Actually, how does that go? It says... Um, <laughs> what would I say go... to my 20-year-old self? Yeah, that that's, what, that, that's okay. what it is. Yeah. I don't like that question <laughs> because it's a stupid, timey-wimely, can't-cross-your-own-time-stream, bootstrap paradox. You know, that, that, so I hate that question. But I'll answer just to humor you. Um, first off, at 20, I was very focused on just the nightlife. So even if someone told me, because a lot of people did, uh, what to do and how to maneuver, I was very stubborn, so I wouldn't listen. So I don't really have any of those kind of like regrets. Oh, I should have got into this, blah, blah, like, no, because I knew what I was doing and 20 was a great year. So I was focused and I was happy. And there was like anything that you told me, especially then I wouldn't have listened to be like, you're a kind old man. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, but that's, I mean, other than that, um, don't, don't eat the pizza from this one restaurant. I'll give you a stomach ache. <laughs> yeah, know? right. Yeah. Something useful. Um, I, like, you know, don't, don't eat a peach before you give a, an in-person lecture because you'll make a mess on your shirt and it's going to be embarrassing. Oh gosh, what would uh, what would your uh, what would your twenty-year-old self say to you now if that person could travel to the future? Um, he'd be like this. He's like, why aren't you throwing parties? <laughs> hey, I, I've got to come out there, man. We'll, we'll do some parties. <laughs> that's that's what it'd be like. What do you mean? There's no more parties? What are you talking about? Um, it'd be a, it'd definitely be a culture shock, but I mean, again, to leave with, uh, something it's, if you're the same person you were a year ago, you should be embarrassed. Sure, and sure. I feel like being in nightlife for so long. And I was just, I mean, I was again, very top tier at what I did, but I didn't evolve the way I should have evolved, you right? Know. Not in the manner that should have been. Um, so I'm always trying to evolve and to conquer and to seek more challenges and to accomplish more just so I can be a different person than I was a year ago, just so I can, you know, be constantly changing physically, mentally, in, in every aspect. I like that. Well, Sean, one thing I want to just bring back into the conversation is the books that you produced or published. Mm -hmm. how, how did you, uh, that's such a, no, to me, for, for, for somebody becoming an author, how did you approach the end product or how did you approach publishing the book? Or did you, um, One word at a time. One word at a time. I know, but like, did, did the getting? Did you ever search for a traditional publisher? Did you yeah, but they all declined. So oh, what? again, it's like anything. People always search, and when they get declined, they stop. They like they just come to a standstill. I wasn't. I wasn't going to be brought to a standstill. I'm going to find a way or make my own. That's it. Um, so with that being the case, yeah, I just self-published them, promoted it, marketed them, relied on my network. Um, that's, that's what I do. I have another one in the works, but it's not going to okay. be for a while. Cause my, my focus is on my newsletter. My focus is on screenwriting. Um, and then other content creation I do for websites and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I do have another one that's in, that's in the back of my mind. Some of it's committed to paper. Um, but yeah, I always, again, it's, it's for me, it's just something I do. It's natural. Did, did you have a favorite between the bit? Like, do you have a favorite book that you've written, uh, no. compared to, no. No, writing a novel, choose. writing a novel versus writing a practical fiction. Novel, novel is uh, more fun. So novel is more fun. Practical fiction is easier. If that makes sense, you know, because I just <laughs> go through my own knowledge and boom, boom, boom. Novel, I have to come up with characters, archetypes, three act structure. Do you um, work with people it's fun. to bounce your ideas off of, or is it just sometimes? Know? But mostly it's just me. And I have like right now for what I do. I mean, I, I bounce ideas off my producer for the film stuff. Um, and then I also essentially, you know, I have, you know, just 
close-knit people that I go, I bounce things off with. But, oh, you know, wow, at the yeah. end of the day, if I like something, I'm going to do it. That's it. You know, I don't really care what anyone says. And if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Just find something Oh, else. man, that's so true. That, that, that's, that's, that's a great point. Uh, next question we have here is, Sean, if you could have a dinner with anyone, oh, I guess we'll make it alive or, li or dead or alive because you have these philosophies. Such a big love for philosophy. Who, who do you have a dinner with? You know how... Warren Buffett does that. And I, I hate that question too. Hate that question. <laughs> who's who's paying? How far am I driving? Do they have valet at this place? What's like a? There's a whole thing. It's like when you get invited to a dinner party, the first question you have to ask is who's going, and then where is it going to be? I mean, I don't like those kind of questions to be honest. I couldn't even tell you because a lot of times it's like, okay, if someone's taking me and it's not too far and the traffic's not too bad and it's at a restaurant I like, and it's just going to be us, yeah. and um. Yeah, I couldn't answer because there's way too many people, to be honest. Way too many people. <laughs> and I don't really have a, have a need to be, like, so excited to sit down with someone and, and just talk to them. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. really don't. No, that's it's all good. I think we have one or two more questions. All right, Matt, um, give me the final thought. Let's roll. Let's roll, yes. Uh, the last question is, what would you say is your personal startup mindset? Action. Action? That's it. There's... Without action, something terrible happens. Nothing. Okay? So it has to be action-oriented. It has to be, you know, there, there are different steps to take. And if you don't climb those steps, the stairs to infinity, as I call them, then there, it's, nothing's going to ever get done. And taking the first step is the hardest. Right, right, right. Oh, very well said. That, that, that's it. That does it for Sean Gold. Sean, how do uh, folks in the uh, audience or uh, in the future who listen to this thing can... We're going to have links at the bottom. Put some yeah, links at the yeah. bottom. Drop um, some links. Again, follow <laughs> Utopian Journeys, my newsletter. Feel free to subscribe. I think we'll get a lot of value, especially if you like what we talked about. Um, follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. I'm not too active, but I'm there. Um, follow me in person in Miami. I'll give you a high five. Be nice to meet somebody. Um, LinkedIn is always good, but please send me a nice message. Don't just randomly connect with me because I usually <laughs> ignore those. Um, just say I listen to you on the podcast. Done. Happy to connect with Done. you. Um, and yeah, you know, like I said, I'm pretty open to connecting with people provided, you know, they're not coming at me hard with a 3,000 word message, sure. an executive summary, a pitch deck, a go-to-market strategy, financials, and I don't know, a partridge in a pear tree. So as long as you come cool, I'm happy to meet. Oh, man. Well, thank you, Sean. And uh, thanks to the audience for tuning in. If you guys like this, please hit subscribe and follow uh, in the uh, link below or however you guys want to follow. So, uh, And I'm at dan.podcast on uh, Instagram and somewhere there will be links. Thanks. Thank you. Let me click this.